When comparing Shane Beamer's potential as a head coach to his two predecessors, I think it's pretty clear that Shane Beamer could have a career similar to Steve Spurrier. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for the latest headlines and potential storylines on South Carolina Gamecock athletics. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, and you can find my written work over on Gamecocks Digest on SI.com. Thank you so much for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listener watch here today. We are free and available both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Shane Beamer has accomplished a lot in his short time here in Columbia. He's led South Carolina to back-to-back bowl appearances for the first time since the 2017 and 18 seasons. The Gamecocks have gone from two wins to seven wins to eight wins. And in 2022 alone, Shane Beamer won three games against top 15 opponents. Quite a lengthy list of accomplishments for just his two years. But a lot of Gamecock fans are, of course, hoping that Shane Beamer is going to have a career much longer than that. And when looking at his unique connections and his coaching traits, the chances are much higher that Shane Beamer's career at South Carolina will resemble that of Steve Spurrier's more so than Will Muschamp's. Now, to dive into this conversation first, I need to provide a little bit of context. There was a interesting tweet and then an interesting segment that the fan upstate a radio station up in the upstate of South Carolina did about 13 days ago regarding the same conversation they talked about how Shane Beamer and what he had done so far kind of resembled Will Muschamps and seemed to sort of try to I guess walk the line of saying whether or not Shane Beamer could be more so like Will Muschamp or end up like Steve Spurrier and that ended up leading to 24-7 Sports' Brad Crawford jumping in. They had a whole spirited debate between each other on that front. And while there was a lot of numbers and clearly state results brought up in that conversation, I want to dive into this conversation, but look at this more so from a trait standpoint than a statistical or numerical standpoint. Now, as I mentioned earlier, I think that Shane Beamer's career at South Carolina will be closer to Steve Spurrier's than it will be to Will Muschamp's. And if that ends up being the case, South Carolina fans, I think they'll be pretty happy about that because Steve Spurrier was obviously quite successful at South Carolina. Take out the tail end of his career, which I know some fans still have a sour taste in their mouth about. Steve Spurrier did a lot here at South Carolina. He was a great offensive mind who hired really good assistants around him that developed their players. And when you talk about those assistants, you're discussing the late Brad Lawing on the defensive line, defensive coordinator Ellis Johnson, and also his son, wide receivers coach Steve Spurrier Jr., who did a fantastic job in terms of developing the talent that he had throughout his time here in Columbia. Now, what exactly are Shane Beamer's similarities to Steve Spurrier when it comes to their coaching traits? Well, there's three main traits that I want to discuss, and all three of these are key in terms of head coaches trying to be successful at this level. First of all, 
Both Shane Beamer and Steve Spurrier possess strong X's and O's knowledge when it comes to one particular phase of the game. For Shane Beamer, in this case, that would be special teams. And South Carolina's version of Beamer Ball, whether it be Beamer Ball 2.0 or Lempo Ball, depending on how you look at it, it has injected a lot of excitement throughout the entire fan base. It has given South Carolina a foundational identity that everybody can associate with their play on the field. Steve Spurrier, obviously, was a great offensive mind. He was known for the fun and gun at Florida back in the 90s. And that South Carolina, sure, he might have not quite replicated that to the highest degree, but South Carolina still had a lot of great offensive teams throughout Spurrier's time here, and it led to them winning a bunch of games in that stretch between 2010 and 2013. Now, the second trait that I want to talk about here real quick Shane Beamer possesses the ability to elevate the program, university, and fan base all at once. It's a trait that Steve Spurrier also possessed. And Spurrier did this more so by getting more of the boosters at South Carolina involved in funding certain projects and upgrading the facilities here. Stuff that desperately needed to be done when the head ball coach arrived here in Columbia. He also injected excitement through just the reputation that he had. A former national championship winning coach. A former Heisman Trophy winner at the quarterback position. It gave South Carolina excitement that they hadn't felt in probably three to four years at that time since Lou Holtz and what all he did in, say, the 2000 and 2001 season specifically. Shane Beamer's doing the exact same thing, but the way he's doing it is through connecting with the fan base on an emotional and personal level. South Carolina fans love Shane Beamer because of the fact they really and truly feel like he is one of their own. And South Carolina fans, that's something they want in all their coaches. They don't just want someone that can win here. Obviously, that's important. But they also want someone that cares, that cares about the area, that cares about the school. And just really and truthfully, they want to feel like their love is being reciprocated. And Shane Beamer has definitely done that throughout his short time here at South Carolina. And the last trait that really and truthfully exemplifies why Shane Beamer could have a career similar to Steve Spurrier is the fact that both of these guys allowed or currently allowed the rest of their coaches to do their respective jobs. Steve Spurrier, he left the defense to his assistants. And yes, that caught up to him at the end, but at least he did not meddle and get in the way of things for the most part. And Shane Beamer, as far as we can tell, he leaves the offense and defense to his coordinators and their respective assistants. Will Muschamp, sure, he possessed a really strong coaching reputation on the defensive side of the ball, but it didn't seem like that he ever really did anything to strongly connect and form a bond with the fan base or get the school all fired up about the possibilities here under his tutelage. And he absolutely had control at times over what the offense was trying to do from a strategic standpoint. Look back at the 2018 debacle against the Florida Gators if you need a specific example of that. So to go back to Steve Spurrier and Shane Beamer comparing both of those coaches, I think that Shane Beamer right now, he is on track to do basically what Steve Spurrier did in his first five years. I don't think we can really project too far beyond that. But in my opinion, it took Steve Spurrier six years to really get things going. That sixth year was the year South Carolina went to Atlanta. 
for Shane Beamer, with the way he's recruiting right now, if the Gamecocks can keep up that level of recruiting across the board, I think that 2025 is really going to be the year that South Carolina takes that big step under Shane Beamer, where they're either competing for a championship, maybe they make it into the 12-team college football playoff. Either way, I foresee some big things happening for the Gamecocks in that particular season because of the talent they will have accumulated at that point under Shane Beamer and his staff's watch. So, needless to say, from a trait standpoint, comparing all of these coaches, Shane Beamer, his career trajectory, I think is going to closely match Steve Spurrier's. And again, obviously, he's a lot younger, and he's probably not going to make the same mistakes that Steve Spurrier made by the time his career ended here in Columbia. I think he's going to be around here for a very long time. And I think that considering what he's done in his first couple years here at South Carolina, there's a true feeling that the possibilities are endless here under Shane Beamer. And I think that that is a feeling that the majority of this fan base currently has at this moment in time. Now, I want to continue discussing Shane Beamer's career, but I want to take a step back and look at his career path and how he got to South Carolina. And more specifically, a question of whether or not that's being held against him. How he made it to Columbia. We're going to dive into that conversation in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. When you're a small business owner, you'll find out very quickly that you can't run your business alone. You need qualified people who you can trust to fill certain roles, such as customer service, maybe a marketing specialist. Obviously, you need some managers. You need all of those positions filled so that you can make sure your company thrives over time. And if you want to find the right people for your business, then you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. Just add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring and utilize tools like screen questions to filter through the candidates and populate viable choices. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus other leading competitors in the industry. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free today. Terms and conditions do apply. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day in just 30 minutes. For all of you everydayers, first of all, thank you so much for always tuning in to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. And real quickly, just want to remind all of you, be on the lookout for all the shows that are going to be posted here in the next week or so. South Carolina's getting ready to start off fall camp, so i got a ton of... So I've got a ton of content planned regarding some big-time storylines and some players, of course, to watch for South Carolina. And I can promise you, you're not going to want to miss any of that. All right, now let's get back to Shane Beamer and his career so far. But let's now take a look back at his career path. Otherwise, his journey to becoming the head coach here at South Carolina, because I want to ask a particular question. I want to see what all of you think about this. Do you think that Shane Beamer's career path gets held against him when some of these pundits and analysts discuss him and whether or not he could be successful at South Carolina? 
I think to a certain extent, his journey to becoming the head coach here at South Carolina does get held against him. I've talked about this before, in a sense, when it comes to how Shane Pieper wears his emotions on his sleeve. And he isn't the cookie-cutter type of coach that you typically see all across college football. And because of the fact that he is different in that aspect, there are some people that are put off by that when it comes to their opinions of Shane Beamer. But this extends to also how he is viewed in terms of how he got to South Carolina in the first place. Because Shane Beamer isn't viewed as a coach that took the normal, conventional route to becoming the head man here in Columbia. Shane Beamer, first of all, he was a special teams coordinator during his assistant coaching career. However, at no point was he ever an offensive or defensive coordinator. This is probably the biggest differentiating factor when it comes to how Shane Beamer became a head coach compared to a lot of these other coaches. Because while we're starting to see this a little bit more and more, Typically, a lot of people view these head coaches as coaches that specialized on one of the two main phases of the game in offense or defense and sort of became one of the top coordinators in the country on the respective side of the ball before they took their first ever head coaching job. Shane Beamer did not exactly end up doing that. He coached all over the place, running backs, tight ends, linebackers. I believe also defensive backs as well, along with a couple of times being the special teams coordinator at his respective stop. And the thing is, special teams just isn't recognized by a lot of people who follow the sport on a serious level. And it's viewed as not being rigorous as it is being an offensive or defensive coordinator because of the fact that offensive defense makes up the majority of the football game when it comes to the amount of plays that take place. So, that's sort of the first thing that sticks out when it comes to how people view Shane Beamer and his journey to becoming the head coach here at South Carolina. Why, in particular, it's held against him. Now, another thing to bring up here. Shane Beamer went back to a place that he had worked at before. Now, obviously, Shane Beamer's not the first coach and he won't be the last coach that has done something like this. But the reason I bring it up here when it comes to discussing Shane Beamer and his career path being held against him is because there are probably still some people out there, and there definitely were some people out there that thought this at the beginning when he was originally hired, that this was a comfort move by South Carolina. In essence, South Carolina did not have to strain itself to go out there and find their head coach. That basically Shane Beamer kind of just fell into their lap and was like, hey, I'll take the job. And South Carolina was like, okay, cool. That's the way some people sort of viewed the hire when it took place back in the 2020 offseason. Now, of course, based on some of the stuff that's come out since that all took place, that clearly is not what happened. Shane Bieber laid out a solid plan to Wright Tanner, the athletic director, and Chance Miller, I believe the associate or deputy athletic director in that department. And they really liked what he had to discuss, and they liked his vision for the program, and that's how he got this job. But some people still do think that because he was here before and he loved the place, that that's the main reason why he got the job in the first place. Another reason why, and the last one I want to talk about real quickly, Shane Beamer is the son of a college football Hall of Fame coach in Frank Beamer. And like I mentioned earlier with the fact that some people still think that this was a comfort move that was made by South Carolina in hiring Shane Beamer, 
There's also probably still a small group out there that believes that he got this job because of his last name. That essentially he sort of had some things handed to him throughout his time as a college football coach. And again, when you look at his resume that he has, the guys that he did coach under, that is clearly not at all the case. Some of the coaches that he worked under were Sylvester Croom, Steve Spurrier, George O'Leary, Philip Fulmer, Frank Beamer, Kirby Smart, and Lincoln Riley. When you look at the accomplishments and the accolades of all these coaches, that is three national championship winning coaches, one national runner-up coach, one coach who has made multiple college football playoff appearances, and likely, by the end of all of these coaches' careers, five college football Hall of Fame coaches. And yet, when we talk about Shane Beamer's career path to South Carolina, or I should say other people talk about his career path, this part almost rarely ever gets brought up. People don't discuss how Shane Beamer was smart and strategic in terms of the fact that he went and coached under these specific people to learn something from them. He went to Tennessee, I believe, right after he got done with his playing career at Virginia Tech, or it was George O'Leary at Georgia Tech. Either way, those were his first two stops. Then he went to Sylvester Croom at Mississippi State. Again, staying in the SEC footprint. Then he went and learned under Steve Spurrier, a great offensive mind, someone that had been around the college game for a very long time as a head coach. And then he went and learned under his dad, Frank Beamer, just to coach with him for a couple years before he moved on and retired. Kirby Smart, great defensive mind. Lincoln Riley, one of the best offensive minds in the modern era of college football right now. He could have taken something away from all of these coaches. Again, five likely Hall of Famers would all have said and done. But, yeah, people want to talk about the fact that he was never an offensive or defensive coordinator, more so than that. I think that that's all the proof you need that Shane Beamer's career path, as of right now, it still gets held against him. Now, of course, if Shane Beamer goes on to have great success here, he wins maybe some championships, or at least, you know, racks up double-digit win seasons here and there consistently, then that talk will go away. Because at that point, nobody can say that he didn't deserve this job. Or look at him in a different light because of how he got the job in the first place, how he made it to Columbia. But right now, it still gets held against him. And in my opinion, it just really isn't fair. It's not fair one bit. Okay, to wrap up today's show, let's discuss some really positive developments when it comes to South Carolina's cookout event that they're going to be holding on July the 28th. This cookout event is going to host multiple prospects from the 2024 and also the 2025 recruiting class. It's a big deal because South Carolina gets to have a ton of players from multiple classes come into town and basically just kind of chat, have a good time, catch up with coaches, catch up with some of these other prospects, and give these guys a chance to mingle amongst one another. And I'm going to be sure to dive into this a little bit deeper on our Friday show later this week, but for today, I mainly just wanted to discuss some of the recent developments here. On Tuesday afternoon and evening, my colleague over on Gamecocks Digest, Gamecocks Digest recruiting insider Fisher Brewer, 
he confirmed that three different 2025 prospects are going to be in town for this cookout event on Friday. And those three guys are 2024 four-star edge Bryce Davis out of North Carolina, 2025 four-star defensive lineman Amari Adams out of South Carolina, and 2025 five-star defensive lineman Elijah Griffin out of Savannah, Georgia, who right now is rated as the number one player in the country according to On3's industry rankings, and probably 24-7 sports composite as well. Nonetheless, that is a star-studded group right there, defensive lineman. There's no question about that. It is a big deal for Safcon to get all these guys here in Columbia for this cookout event. And again, I'm going to be sure to dive into that a little bit more on the Friday show. But aside from those guys, South Carolina, they're going to have a ton of big-time talent here on Friday evening. Here is the current list of prospects who are also going to be in town. Five-star edge defender Dylan Stewart. Four-star defensive back prospect Jalewis Solomon. Four-star wide receiver commit Mazio Bennett. Four-star tight end commit Michael Smith. Four-star offensive tackle commit Cam Pringle. Four-star offensive tackle commit Josiah Thompson. Four-star linebacker commit Wendell Gregory. 2025 four-star defensive back and current Ohio State commit Jante Gilbert. And 2025 four-star offensive tackle Nick Brooks. A couple things that stand out. South Carolina's got a solid nucleus of the 2024 recruiting class that's going to be in town. That's obviously a big deal. Again, you know that they're going to be trying to chat up with some of these other guys that have not committed yet, along with catching up with one another. And South Carolina, they are bringing in a ton of talent on the defensive side of the ball and also defensive line. I mentioned the three guys from the 2025 class earlier that's headlined by Elijah Griffin. You got Dylan Stewart that's going to be here in Columbia as well. That could be a really interesting sort of exchange and interaction that those two prospects have. You got four-star defensive back Jalewis Solomon, who's expected to make his college decision on August the 5th. As of today, that's nine days from now, I believe, or 10. Either way, big deal to get him here in Columbia. 2025 four-star defensive back prospect Jante Gilbert, one of the top prospects in the country for that class. If you get him over Ohio State, you flip him from the Buckeyes to the Gamecocks, that is a huge feather in your cap right there if you're Shane Beamer in this staff. And then four-star offensive tackle Nick Brooks because South Carolina is just continuing to try and rack up these studs in the trenches. They know at the end of the day that is what they need if they're going to be able to compete against Georgia and, in essence, compete for championships. So an impressive list to say the least and it's only Wednesday, so we could see a couple more names get added to this group by the time the cookout event actually takes place on Friday evening. But with that being said, y'all, that's going to do it for today's show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I hope that y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show, as always. What are your thoughts on Shane Beamer and who his career could compare to? Do you think it's going to be more similar to Steve Spurrier's or Will Muschamp's? And what's your reasoning behind that? Do you think that Shane Beamer's career path gets held against him for the reasons I mentioned on today's show? And also, what are your thoughts on this cookout event that's going to take place in a couple of days? Let me know your thoughts down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube. Or you can shoot me a direct message on Twitter at A-Line underscore SC if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app. And once again, thank you all so much for tuning in to today's edition 
of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I'll be sure to catch y'all on the next show of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast.